Welcome to Everything's Bigger, a podcast about my. <laughs> sorry, I'm mis- sorry to mispronounce masculinity. Podcast about my nuts. Uh, <laughs> you see that they've got um, croc balls now? Like, you know the, the truck what? balls what? that you can put on your trailer? <laughs> but, I mean, I say you can. I mean, I suppose you can. I don't imagine you would want to. Um, but they have them for crocs now. <laughs> no! Uh, take me now. <laughs> yeah. I'm so ready, I'm ready to leave. Uh, <laughs> I'll put a link to those in the show notes. In case Jesus Christ. To see Every day we stray further from God's light. I, I don't know why I didn't suggest that for the entire topic today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring them up. That's your just the tip now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should have. <laughs> it's not just the tip, though, Bo. It's crock balls. Yeah. It's, it's the opposite side. All right, now that we got that out of the way. Crockballs deep. (laughs) (laughs) Title of the episode. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. All right, should we start? Should we try the the intro again? Yeah, go for it. Sorry. All right. All right. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Everything's Bigger. A podcast about masculinity for dudes of all genders who ask why. And so here's the thing about masculinity. Here we are in the dead of winter, and I'm realizing that masculinity is a whole lot like a snowdrift in about, I don't know, March, April. If the snow is still there, you see that there's a whole layer of this like frozen kind of slushy white stuff. But the deeper you dig, the more weird shit you find. Sometimes you find garbage from January. Earlier today, I saw a piece of a Christmas tree sticking out of there. And sometimes, no matter how, no matter what you do, you can't avoid it. You're going to get down deep enough to find some shit. Shit. Some real frozen shit. And that's what we do on this show, is we start at that top layer, and we chip away, and we find everything that we can find to really unpack the whole concept. Well, with that beautiful portrait of New York City that Bo just painted for us. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are your hosts. I'm Jackson Bird. And I'm Bo Mendez, and I'm sorry for how visceral that was. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad we marked this as explicit, too. A lot of swearing right up at the top. Uh, but anyways, uh, today we are discussing, surprise, surprise, the pandemic, but uh, from a, a masculinity-tinted lens, as most episodes we do are, uh, we're going to be talking about the ways in which men generally, I guess, but you know, not not everyone, uh, not all men, hashtag not all men, oh man. <laughs> Thank you for taking man. the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Uh, no, but how a lot of men have struggled to maintain friendships and therefore, you know, maintain some good mental health throughout the pandemic. So we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of different things that kind of play out from that general thought. Uh, but first, it's been a long time since we have uh, <laughs> recorded an episode, which, you know, all of you regular listeners will know that a lot of people have been asking when we're going to have a new episode, but also we are very aware of how long it's been <laughs> based on how <laughs> difficult this has been to do. Uh, pages have flown off of the calendar. Um, empires have risen and fallen. That's uh, possibly true. Little too real. Yeah. Ish. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a hot minute and, and I like the fact that you brought up like regular listeners will know, but I, I think that one thing I want to, to talk about um, in this kind of like, 
you know, pre main segment time while we're catching up on like what we've been doing in the last few months. When was the last time we recorded one of these for Halloween? Right. So that's, yeah, that's, but we probably recorded in like September. Yeah. So that's like four ish, five ish months ago. I don't even know. I'm bad wow. at time math. I've realized. Which, yeah. in in pandemic years, that's about like three decades, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Um, easily a, a few presidential terms and probably the, <laughs> the, the span between tool albums. Um, but I will say that w- one thing that has happened, um, in the interim was, uh, I was on a little game show, uh, called, uh, has a weird name. It's like, it's like Giapard, Giapardo, Geppetto. I've, yeah. I've never been able to pronounce it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Gerard Depardieu. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, oui, oui. Uh, <laughs> I'm just offending all French people now. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, it's okay. We're like, I don't know. I'm like one nineteenth French. Um, not really. Uh, also, that's a that's a terrible fraction. Uh, but I'm bringing that up because I will say that the, the, the one thing that was kind of what was cool from that experience, the whole experience was super cool. But I actually got to talk about the podcast in my little interview. So if there I are any, totally forgot about that. If there are any new listeners tuning in because of that, thanks for tuning in. Sorry, I got that boys to men question wrong. And welcome to everything's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so glad you brought that up mostly because I was going to tee you up to bring it up. So just well done self advocating for yourself there on <laughs> uh, the coolest thing that you did. Like, I don't even know what I've done in this time. Cause all I can think is like, well, Bo's been on jeopardy and it was really cool. That's what I've done. <laughs> I watched a Bo on jeopardy. I tweeted about it a lot. Uh, and I did actually record when you mentioned the podcast, but I have forgotten to annoy everyone by bombarding their feeds with it every single day. We'll make sure to attach that to the promo for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But I I refuse to believe that the highlight of the last four or five months or so for you was watching me be on TV for 22 minutes. So what have you you been up to? What's what's, what's new in your world? (laughs) I mean, I think think you were vastly overestimating how I've been spending my lockdown (laughs) because that really was a highlight, the highlight, perhaps. Um... No, I mean, you know, had the holidays, pandemic version of the holidays, but I still love the holidays, so that was definitely a highlight for me. I love Christmas and Halloween. I, you know, I just, I've been making a lot of podcasts mostly, I think. I already made a podcast today. This is my second podcast of the day now. Um, Mm -hmm. Been appearing on other people's podcasts. I think I, like, this Yeti microphone is basically just, like, attached to my mouth now. (laughs) Just kind of hangs off of it in, in a human centipede esque way. Oh, good lord! We're we're just killing it with the with the visuals today. I gotta say, if if we had regular listeners, they're all gone at this point. <laughs> Bye! Don't let the door hit you with the good lord and split you. You know, I I feel like you know we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Um, of we are both just like we've got a lot going on. And we've got a lot to say about the main topic today, but have both really been struggling to come up with anything else to talk about uh, or, you know, say anything about what's going on in our lives. Because I think, I, I, I mean, I guess speaking for myself, maybe kind of hitting that like pandemic wall of people ask me how I am and what's been going on in my life. And I'm just like, I don't know. I have nothing to say on that topic. Next question, please. Yeah, it, it, it can be tough, like, you know, and, and that's probably a good, I don't know, way to way to maybe segue into some of that stuff is that now when you when you 
get the chance to talk to a family member or a friend or even a coworker, it's like, Hey, how's it going? And the answer is I've found at least some variation of like, well, it's going. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I'm here. And you know, really it's something that, you know, maybe this is uh, one of those moments of uh, collective resonance where anybody who can answer that question, that's going to be the answers. Well, I'm here. I did see, well, two points on that. One is I got an email from someone today, um, Vanessa Zoltan, for uh, anyone who knows, co-host of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. And uh, she said that a friend of hers started referring to it as COVID well. Like, how are you? Oh, I'm COVID well, which just kind of is like acknowledging everything that's going on. But like that said, I'm doing okay kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But I've I've also, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say still trucking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I might start saying that. I used to say that one. I like that one. Trucking, still trucking. <laughs> uh, but I have seen people talking about how it's kind of nice that it feels like you're allowed to say you're not okay now. Which yeah. I don't know that I have personally experienced, but I think as a cultural shift, I definitely have. Um, and I would agree. I think that's cool if people can be more honest uh, in response to the question of how are you? I think that's definitely good. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good point. Like, I do think I, I've noticed that as well. Is that there? You know, I guess it depends on on the relationship you have with the person that you're talking to. Like, maybe there are professional acquaintances or something like that that you just don't want right, to get yeah. that uh, to that. At least that, that I've, I've I've had a few of those. Uh, but I do think that it's more accepted and people have a more compassionate response if they ask how you're doing and your response is, well, not great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To to an extent, you know, for, for some reason or another, unless you're Jeff Bezos or something like that, most of us are doing a version of not great, but we're, we're still trying to figure out how we can soldier on um, and, and find our place. I wonder if part of that, too, is kind of the solidarity in it. Like, uh, of course, there are people who uh, are struggling much more in um, certain ways from the pandemic right now or have other non-pandemic related things. But like everyone is going through the pandemic in some way. And so if you ask someone how they are and they admit that they're it's not going great, like it's not a shock to you um and you have at least a little bit of common ground from which you can you know then open up a conversation and, and check in on them and make sure you're okay whereas before yeah. if you were to get the response from someone that they're not great that kind of like could shake your world a little bit like you're like okay i was just doing the formality thing here and now it got real <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting like I, I it makes me think of um a tweet that I saw a long a long time ago because of course I, I just see tweets and memes um but it was like noting how uh, attitudes had shifted toward therapy. And it was like in the 60s Mm. or 70s, someone would be like, oh yeah, I heard that they were in therapy. And now it's just like, (laughs) yo, you wouldn't believe the shit my therapist said today. Like like we've become so much more open and accepting of people seeking out that kind of help. And it it makes me wonder with this kind of landscape, what does our, what what are the future of even our casual uh, interactions look like when we've spent now almost a year by the time this episode airs probably a year um in in a state of like it's okay to not be okay as being kind of like a a a general rule 
Yeah, I I really wonder about that too. And Bo, that was such a seamless transition into our main segment that I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, but well done. Uh, Absolutely I, accidental, but I'll take the credit. Bam. <laughs> I think we should move on to our main segment of the day. Yeah, let's let's get into it. So today, like I said at this at the top, we want to talk a little bit about men maintaining or not maintaining friendships throughout the pandemic. And I mean, I think it's something that we've both observed in our own lives or in people that we know. Um, but also, Bo, you had found a really interesting article kind of talking about this, um, using a, a few different men as examples. Do you want to kind of like summarize, we'll put the article in the show notes, but, but if you want to sort of summarize some of your takeaways from it or like your impressions of the situation overall, yeah, yeah, for sure. So th- this this article, so this is um, what was the title of it? Uh, no game days, no bars. The pandemic is forcing some men to realize they need deeper friendships. What a title! Um, and it actually came out in in November. So like you know, this is around the end of thanks of the Thanksgiving period as we're about still to go more into recent the than our last episode. Yeah, true. Still more reason than our last episode. <laughs> I love how you earlier, by the way, you said, I love all the holidays, Halloween. And that reminded me that, oh, yeah, Halloween's actually happened since then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a lot of trouble with that, like, over the summer. I kept forgetting Easter had happened. Yeah, it's it's so weird to, like, look back at your, at your milestones and be like, oh, wait, no, no, we passed that. We passed that a minute ago. Um, I also had a weird thing at the start of the year where I kept thinking it was summer to the point that, like, I was trying to convince a friend to go do some outdoor dining with me on a 20 degree day because I was like, it's like 60 degrees. It's springtime. Let's go like have a beer outside. And she was like, it's freezing out. What is wrong with you? But I yeah, like, just genuinely kept thinking it was summertime. I've been cold for four months. You're alone on that one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> but no, like t- time is so rubbery and so yeah. like, so like the more you think about it, the more you realize like time is a social construct, right? Like there's, 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 there's not a whole lot aside from the position of the sun that says how long a day is supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. and like, it, it, we're really, really feeling that right now. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, tangent. No, no. Halloween was great by the way, dear listeners. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we actually, I think this is even, this is before, this is before I knew I was going to be on Jeopardy and definitely before mm. I had done it and hadn't, couldn't tell anybody, but I actually did a, a Halloween themed round of like a Jeopardy esque game. I, I couldn't figure out how to do all the rules, but I like made a game board and it was all themed and that, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you're curious about it, let me know and I'll share it. I don't know. It had, it had stuff about werewolves. Anyway. Um, it was, yeah, it was, no, it was, it was really fun. It was really well planned out. And I don't say that just because I won. <laughs> That's right. You did win. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I totally forgot. See, time is weird. And yeah. because time is weird and our social interactions are weird, this article that came out at the end of November, as we were about to go into the uh, the rest of the holiday season, uh, really struck a nerve for me. Um, and in it, the author, uh, let's see, Samantha Schmidt, interviews a number of men talking about you know what their 
relationships with their guy friends predominantly has been like since the pandemic hit and you know what has changed and, and also kind of like what got us into this situation and so she makes some interesting points um and of course she's citing other experts that are that are in the article so you, when you get the when you it, when we drop the link to that you'll see in the text who the experts are and, and what the you know the the deeper writings are uh but essentially she brings up the point that a lot of uh, women typically have face-to-face relationships where you'll meet up and you'll have dinner or go for a walk or have lunch and talk about stuff. Whereas guys tend to have what she calls shoulder-to-shoulder relationships. And that's where you'll meet up at a bar to like watch a game or, you know, uh, to you'll go to a concert or you'll play video games together or you'll go hang out and watch a movie. And so like the actual interaction the conversation is less the main event so much as the shared experiences and with the fact that bars have been closed or just not a great place to go to and you know i'm not much of a sports dude to begin with but like you can't really go to a game um i'm definitely a concert guy and i haven't been to a concert in over a year um with the lack of those experiences, a lot of the men that are interviewed in this piece feel like their friendships are becoming more difficult. And it goes into like, what have they gotten to do instead of that? And so it's like online gaming has come into play for some of these people um, who like, you know, would normally be doing couch co-op or something like that. Um, they, they, they've like, gotten more into online gaming and and stuff that you can do um from a distance or even uh, let's plays where you just like sit down and watch somebody else play the game in order to have that feeling of, of interaction and that's something that i've been getting into a little bit um I'm, I'm i'm about as much of a gamer as i am a sports guy i suppose but i've been playing more video games recently just because it gives me something to do um and i've been actually watching a number of my friends get involved on like twitch streaming and just like showing up to support and be like yeah you do that thing um but also like WhatsApp groups and group chats and that sort of thing have become a place where uh, men are actually getting to not just maintain the friendships that they've already had, but also experience them on a deeper level. Because that's kind of another thing that gets brought up in this article is that a lot of men, their friendships are, um, I don't want to say superficial is the word that comes to mind. I'm not trying to discount the friendships, but it's that they don't really talk about the deep stuff, the heavy stuff. They don't talk about what's going on in their lives. Like one of the, one of the men that that's interviewed um, has he, he, his relationship ends. So he has to move out on his own and he kind of like unloads on some of the people that he does online gaming with being like, you don't even know why we broke up. I bet like, ask me how we broke up. And you know, some of these places which have been primarily for joking around, ribbing each other. You know, you're really only using the group chat to set up your plans for when you're actually meeting in person. Um, they become a place where now these deeper interactions are actually starting to take place. And I think it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, how um, masculine relationships, friendships between men have started to, in some case, evolve um, since the pandemic has, has been going on for as long as it has. And then something that was of particular interest to me is the fact that how do we get here in the first place? Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So like, um, part, one of the things that gets brought up is that like friendships between men, they lack, uh, ground rules. 
And so sometimes men don't necessarily know how to get into a new friendship. And that's something that I've really had a lot of times um, with like some of my friends who, who now I'm happy to say are really close friends. But like, you know, for me, it's like I meet somebody, I think they're just super fucking cool and I want to be their friend, but I'm really worried about <laughs> coming on too strong and seeming like clingy or needy. Yeah. And so I will kind of like lock it down and then you end up with a friendship where it feels um, more difficult to have a deeper interaction with somebody uh, because you don't want to, you don't want to freak them out. Like um, you don't want to, yeah. you, you don't want to all of a sudden spring that sort of stuff on them. And so you end up with this kind of like arm's length type thing. And, and, and I'll be honest, like that, that's how my friendship with you started. I was like, Jack's cool as fuck. I don't want to like, like creep this dude out by being like, be my friend. And like, uh, <laughs> uh, my, my friend Nick, who actually like performed my marriage. Um, that's how my friendship with him started out. I was just like, dude, you're so cool. Like, you know, you know, all this stuff about like vintage guitars and motorcycles. And I just want you to teach me. Um, but I was worried that he would think that I was like stalking him or something like that. So I kind of put the lid on it. And as a result, you know, luckily these, these two examples, obviously I'm, you know, in a podcast with Jack and Nick perform my marriage, um, they've become stronger. But I do think that that is a common experience for lots of men where, you know, they'll meet somebody that they want to have that kind of like meaningful friendship with, but it's hard to get it off the ground because society to an extent has taught men, you know, emotional intimacy is not what men do. So yeah. all this stuff that you imagine about having deep conversations, don't rush into it. <laughs> and so you have like a bunch of arm's length friendships um, that now in the pandemic are being kind of tested um, as people, you know, we need each other. We need people. We need connection. We need networks for, you know, to use a buzzword. Um, and so people are, uh, men especially, are trying to figure out ways to forge those and ways to strengthen those in a scenario that is not conducive to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to go back to kind of what you were saying about the, um, the, the, the fear of being like clingy or coming on too strong. Um, he's made me think of, of two different things. One, you know, I think what you were saying there at the end about society sort of telling men that like, you can't have these, emotional connections with men that, you know, oh, that's gay or that's feminine. You know, you should be able to be this independent, you know, like rugged individualist man and be able to do everything on your own. Like, I, I think that is definitely more of it than necessarily um, a lack of ground rules. Um, because I don't think there's any ground rules for other genders being friends with each other. Um, like, I don't think there's necessarily rules that exist there at all. But I do think like, you know, from my own experiences, it, it, and this is not across the board. We're generalizing a lot on this episode, but like, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, in, in my friendships with, um, with definitely with women and with a lot of non-binary people as well, like it just kind of, everything comes a little bit more naturally. And I feel like there's not as much self-consciousness happening there. Whereas with men, I definitely feel what you have felt as well of the like, oh, is, am I going to like freak him out? And I think especially being both trans and bi, I'm always scared of freaking out like cis straight men of, or even not straight, like of just like making them think that I like have a crush on them instead of just being like, you're cool. Like, let's be friends. 
Um, so I have like a lot of paranoia, like wrapped up in that when I am trying to navigate these kinds of friendships. Well, that, yeah, that, that's really honestly calling it out. Like I, I was talking about like uh, lack of ground rules, but that's where the lack of ground rules stems from. And that's me mm. kind of quoting, quoting from the article. Cause the article actually goes further into that and says that, 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 um, you know, lack of guidance feeling is really grounded in homophobia. It's grounded in uh, a, a, an attempt to not appear feminine. All these things that you just said—that's really, you know, that's that's the nougaty center of that. Is mm-hmm. is is this stuff that is uh, deeply ingrained by society into men, and it makes it makes things more difficult because of those exact reasons. Like, um, you know, I, like I don't know. I I I guess I guess I don't want to say that that's how I felt when I was entering into, into some of these friendships that I, that I mentioned, because I don't want to admit, I suppose, to (laughs) deeply internalized homophobia, but like Nick, especially, um, I feel like I've, I feel like if, if, if he listens to this, I don't think he'll mind me bringing it up or something like that. But, uh, one of the things that we bonded over at first was scrubs and (laughs) like the the relationship between Turk and JD, like confronts that pretty head on. And he was like, yeah, dude, like when you have a good guy friend, it's guy love and it's okay. And like, there's all these, these, all these sort of situations that, uh, were raised in that tell us that it's not okay. And it makes it harder for us to develop those friendships later on. Um, so yeah, like it, it, it is that, you know, you might not be a homophobic person, but the internalized homophobia that so many of us can subscribe to, or have kind of like forced onto us or, or, you know, imposed onto us. Um, it, it makes it more difficult, um, to forge friendships because you'll be worried that the person that you want to be friends with thinks you have a crush on them. And it, 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 it makes, it makes, you know, connections and, uh, relationships that should come really naturally have this extra layer that you have to work through in order to get them started. Yeah, and I I don't want to delve too deeply into this for this episode because I think we should do like a whole episode on it at some point. Um, I think we've talked about it, but this is the complicated feelings that I have with regards to like shipping male characters, like when there are characters, uh, like I you just said their names, but I forgot their names on Scrubs. Turk and JD. Yeah, like shipping the two of them because like oh they have this great chemistry together and they clearly love each other as friends, but like oh maybe they could be boyfriends too, and like I. I think, you know, shipping queer relationships where they don't exist in the canon of the TV show or the movie or the books or something is awesome. That is a huge thing I've done throughout my life. I think we need more queer representation. I think it's great to kind of challenge that idea here and there. Um, But also sometimes I think it does a disservice to healthier relationships, like friendships that we could see between men. Like I think because it is so rare to see men being like, affectionate and loving towards each other as friends if you see a hint of that immediately you're like oh they must be in love and not necessarily in a homophobic way even in a you know a a desiring that kind of way and, and thinking that that would be awesome but like that that just sort of perpetuates the myth that men can't be like platonically loving to each other or or what have you you know and so mm-hmm. it's this this has always frustrated me cuz I, I like am strongly in support of both sides i guess yeah, well, since you since you bring that up, like the 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 example that comes to mind for me is both, uh, which is Lord of the Rings. Like Sam and Frodo, I ship. I think they are deeply <laughs> in love. But 
Lord of the Rings is often cited, or at least the movies, because I'm uncultured and I haven't read all the books yet. I'm like halfway through The Hobbit. It's taking forever. Um, <laughs> I'm halfway through Two Towers, but I have been for seven years. <laughs> it's it's a long haul, guys. It's just like <laughs> just like watching the expanded editions, but it's on paper. Um, but the the movies are heralded as examples of positive male relationships because if you take out you know the obvious like, you know, kind of tongue in cheek stuff that people say about Sam and Frodo. Um, the relationship that you see between like, uh, between like Aragorn and Legolas or Legolas and Gimli and how Aragorn gets super torn up when Boromir dies, spoiler alert. Um, like the way that they will touch each other and hug each other and they'll cry when they think that one of them has gotten hurt and everyone mourns over Gandalf when he falls off uh, the bridge in, in, in the mines. And it's like, these are more positive role models that you can see and you don't have to turn them into a ship. It's just good friendship. It's good companionship. It is, uh Oh, I'm about to say the title of the movie fellowship. <laughs> of the ring yeah in case anyone didn't get that i, th- I right. find that jokes are often funnier when you explain them afterwards <laughs> oh man <laughs> but no i mean I, a healthy dose of mansplaining <laughs> exactly that's how i really feel I, I you know i think that's what a lot of people on the internet are missing is there's just not enough mansplaining there and i, I think know, it right? would really help help actually, twitter a lot actually i think there's plenty of mansplaining <laughs> actually uh, but anyways, I, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that. Cause I think we could do a, a pretty great episode just on that later. Um, yeah, let's put but, a pin in that. Yeah. Put a pin in that. We'll circle back later. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, I do want to say is, is, you know, the other thing that you were sort of touching on, um, and certainly the article does about how, like, typically a lot of men have needed something else to get them to the point of hanging out or, or keeping in touch with each other. Like if that's going to see a game or I really liked your comparison of going to see a show. Cause like, yeah, I also rarely go to games. I certainly don't go over to someone's house to watch the game on TV. Um, but you know, I will go to a show with them. We'll go to a concert. Um, so yeah, like that or going to a bar or something. And, um, I have often said about myself that like my favorite way of bonding with someone of like deepening a friendship or keeping in touch, like I would go as far as to say like my love language in a, in a friendship platonic kind of love way is like collaboration with people. Um, Hmm. I like working on projects and making something creative with cool people and with my friends. And it wasn't until I read that article that I started being like, Oh maybe that's not as noble as I thought. Maybe that's my crutch of like <laughs> that. That's me not being able to just naturally have friendships. I'm, I have to like pull this other thing in. Uh, and I don't know that I consciously did that with this podcast, but I would say like what you were saying earlier, like I equally was like, Oh, Bo's really cool. I want to be better friends with Bo, but I don't want to freak him out. Uh, and then at some point we decided to do a podcast and well, that really worked out. <laughs> Thanks microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's every like man security blanket is yeah. the podcast microphone. No, that, that, that's, that's a good point. Cause like one thing that I've been thinking about, um, a lot, like not, not even just since reading this article, but since the, since the pandemic is, you know, in some cases, my friendships have, have gotten stronger. And in other cases, it's just been exposed how much work needs to go into them. Um, mm. Like I, I, I think a lot about uh, my friends that I had, I still have them, 
sorry, dear listeners, I might get a little sad boy here. Um, but like my, my really close friends from Texas, I don't talk to as much as, as I should, as I would like to. And mm-hmm. I think part of that is, is rooted in what, like what you just mentioned. You know, these are guys that I was in bands with, uh, or, or at least in, in one band for a good chunk of my high school years. And they're like, you know, my closest friends, I was spending every day with them. You know, we practiced every weekend, if not more. And then I left for college and I tried to, to maintain the friendship, but at some point it just became too hard or I became too busy or I just felt bad for moving and we kind of drifted apart. And so I'm just like, because of all this, I'm just more aware than ever, I think, of the work that I need to do to try and rebuild those relationships um and the work that that is currently doing like the 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 guy that played drums uh in that band like he and i i never talk to people on the phone i hate hate talking on the phone uh you know i i, I podcast I, is fine apparently <laughs> phones well, no well here's the thing uh when i'm talking on the phone i have to hold the thing and i don't like having uh i don't like losing like the use of an arm that is there it's the weirdest thing but it's the same reason why i don't like calling people while i'm doing grocery shopping is because then i have both oh i will not do that and i don't like using umbrellas because then i have an arm gone um i finally came around to umbrellas but it was a similar thing but yeah no i i i am i guess i am actually weirder about phone calls than i realized cuz i will like only call people preferably if i'm just like in my bedroom like i don't like people to overhear me i will not do it in a, a public space or if i'm with other people or grocery shopping or something like no way yeah like I, I i am super weird about it and it has to be exactly the right moment and that sort of stuff but yeah I've, I've noticed that I'm, I'm chipping away at some of those weirdnesses uh with with my relationship to phone calls because i've been talking to this guy more often um it's, it could still be more often but more often than it has been um, on the other th- end of things here in New York, you know, I was, I was in a band and I still, I still am in the band, but we haven't played a show in over a year. And so the, the relationship there is something that we've had to kind of like reimagine. And I think that that kind of comes, uh, brings in some of the solutions, you know, or, or, or evolutions that are brought up in this article, which is the fact that we have a group chat on Facebook and we'll just shoot the shit and just, you know, send each other memes or videos or jokes. And then every once in a while, though, you will get the life update. You know, we'll get the chat done. Mm. And um, I, I look forward to that because, I don't know, even, even though so many of my friendships were structured around what's the activity, the activity taking place at least like laid the groundwork for the conversations that we could have. You know, I, I've, mm. I've thought of my relationship with friendships with, with, with other men as kind of a hybridized version of what this article talks about, where I would do the activity in order to get the face to face. Like I would, yeah. go, I would go to the show in order to have a deep, meaningful conversation after the show or something like that, or, and, or, or go to the bar in order to just like, you know, really like get in deep and, and have like a real talk as I'm sure you can attest. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was going to say like, I do love IPAs, but I wasn't going to dive bars just to have an overpriced IPA. When yeah, we were hanging it, out. It, exactly. Um, and I think that that is, you know, that, that, that's kind of the, the thing now is now we're learning how to still get there, but in, mm-hmm. in, in 
different scenarios. So like, you know, a couple of weeks will go by and we're just like, you know, talking shit and ribbing each other or whatever in this group chat. And then like something really cool will happen and we'll have like a real conversation about that thing. Um, and it's all good. I'm not discounting the other stuff. I'm just saying that, that that's like, uh, that's like the, the, the finding out that the chocolate bar you got is chocolate and raspberry. You know, that's the raspberry filling. <laughs> Wait, so, so that's a good thing in your that's, book? <laughs> you don't like dark chocolate and raspberry? I mean, I, I guess that sounds good, but in a candy bar, I think I would just prefer if it were just dark chocolate. All right, fair enough. Different strokes for different folks. Like that's a cake. A- that sounds like a great cake. Yeah, cool. All right, that, 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 that's, <laughs> like, that's like getting a great slice of cake, and then you find out halfway through that it's actually an ice cream cake. Oh, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, it is That'd extra special. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm saying, is the group chat is the cake. The moments where the group chat turns to the deeper conversations and the stronger connections, that's the ice cream. Wow. I I do want to ask you about um, something you brought up when we were discussing this before we recorded, um, which is some of, and sounds like not your group chat, but some of the other ways um, that we've been trying to find solutions to maintain friendships during this time, um, you were saying are a little bit more like they feel a little bit more forced or maybe like transactional in a way. And I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on that because I think that I have been struggling with that as well. Um, I so much more prefer if I could just like grab coffee or a drink with someone, drink with someone or like hang out at their house. Um, I do not like, like video calls or group chats or like any of the ways that we have to keep in touch with people these days are things that I, I get basically nothing out of. Like it doesn't feel like any sort of replacement for me as like hanging out with someone. Yeah, I guess I, I guess that's the other side of the coin to to this experience is that like you know there are so many ways, and it's been like this bef- before the pandemic because we live in the internet age. In many ways, we're more connected than we've ever been. It's easier mm-hmm. than ever to like send somebody a meme or do a video chat, even before Zoom was like you know, our, our primary form of communication between another and that sort of thing um but something about those during the pandemic makes things feel and and i I definitely did say transactional at first but i think that that's not the that's not the right word it's just it's 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 less organic like Mm. you know if i was if this was, was another time and another time of year for that matter you know let's say it's a it's a beautiful spring day and we're commuting I just wrapped up at work and I'm leaving my office building and I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like going home yet. I can text a friend that I know works in the area or that I can get to pretty quickly and say, Hey, do you want to meet up for a drink? And boom, you have a plan and you're going to have that friendship experience. And now it is a little bit harder to do that. Not that there's a lot more going on, but because the general feeling of being mid pandemic, hopefully mid pandemic, hopefully further than mid, uh, hopefully there's an end to it soon. Um, but the feeling of being in this moment makes everything feel much more exhausting. And it means that as, as much as my phone, my relationship with the phone has improved, there are days where I'll see that somebody's calling and I'm just like, I just can't do this right now. Yeah. And so that means that, then in order to maintain that relationship, I'm going to have to get, I'm going to have to text that person. I'm going to have to set up a time for us to do a video chat. I'm going to have to then commit to that and not, not back out. 
and it makes the friendship feel um businesslike you know mm-hmm. and i feel i feel like such a dick even saying this because oh yeah i i fully feel that way saying yeah, all of this like, like friendship isn't a chore whether whether it's something that i'm scheduling with you or one of my friends from back in texas or even a family member it's not a it, it's not a chore the fact that that person is in my life is not a chore but having to go through all these steps just to see them and just to connect with them that makes it feel like a chore and so i feel yeah. like that it, it, it's it, you know while while we have all these great opportunities in front of us to connect it feels harder to connect and it drains you a little bit more because you're already kind of drained yes i mean i i think yeah you hit on a lot of points that really resonated for me um i i have often described myself as like a reluctant extrovert like if i had my way without any concern for my own mental health i would be a hermit away in the woods and hardly ever talk to anyone and be perfectly happy for months on end um i say perfectly happy but then as soon as i like hang out with people like you know face to face hanging out with people i get a boost in my mood like so much so i know that it's good for me but i don't often enjoy the process of like planning it out especially when i'm very busy um as my work life since the pandemic began a year ago has been like i've been the busiest i've ever been in my life and that's really tough when so many other people in the world are less busy than they've ever been um and so like i get really overwhelmed with the idea of having to schedule anything even if it's fun and with someone i love it's really stressful for me to have to plan it. So I think those times before where it's like, oh, I happen to have some free time. Let's let's do this organically and like hang out with people works better. Um, but also I feel like when you were planning things pre-pandemic in a, a non-virtual space, there was a recognition that like there's a lot of effort being put into that. We're both having to like commute to somewhere or something. Um, and so like, I guess you were both going to honor it more or honor the, um, the level of a commitment it was. Whereas now, like if someone asks you to do a video call, it's, it's harder to get out of. Cause like, you can't say, Oh, I've, I'm going somewhere. I will be out or like, Oh, it's too much because what you're just at home anyways. Can't you get on this video call? Um, and so that's been an additional like frustrating thing to me, but what, one thing that I'm interested in, um, is like you were talking about both for you and in the article that we read all of these ways that like men have actively been working on getting better at this, which is something that I I should do. I'm just a, clearly a cranky old man who wants to be left alone and I should work on that because it's not good for your mental health, for mine or for anyone's. Um, but even in working on it, like it's so easy in this time to fall back onto those bad habits um, and, and to just like revert to the wanting to be left alone, even when you know you should be engaging with other people yeah that that's been i don't know that that that's been something that i've definitely been been struggling with because of that like extra feeling of of exhaustion is that like Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's just easier to not uh yeah which is not good yeah it sucks um i'm not proud of that feeling yeah uh, but i feel it very intensely yeah so like while i've been it's 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 so weird this this situation has made everything about life raw and and Mm. just like you know very um like 
it's like fluorescent lit, you know. Uh, you you can see you can see all the all the flaws and all the rough patches and all that kind of stuff that you might not have noticed when when other things were going on, or rather rather when this situation wasn't going on. So like, as nice as it is and as obvious as it is, um, to to have opportunities to 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 work on rebuilding and strengthening and maintaining friendships, it is also very clear all the bad habits that like mm. helped build the scaffolding for for you know whatever your current relationship statuses stati are um so it's 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 i don't know um i don't know I, i'm i'm i fear i'm veering veering off into downer territory i don't yeah do we're that. definitely i i led us there don't worry talking about building no, scaffolding no, it, i wrote i built the scaffolding for this to be no, Homer it, territory but it's 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 fine because it's it's worth confronting like I've, I've had a lot of really meaningful friendships. I've been lucky in that, in that regard, um, that have been tougher to maintain. And it wasn't the pandemic that did it. It was everything that I did up to the pandemic that did it. Um, Mm. and you know, I, I hope that we're a year in, you know, I keep on because time is rubbery. Sometimes I realize that we're a year in and other times it feels like still the second week. Um, (laughs) And I think about it as like, you know, maybe I can use this time to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, so long as we're still here, maybe I can still use that time. But I am also very aware of, of the fact that like, you know, th- th- there, there's, there's habit that, that built its, uh, itself into this. And because, you know, it's, it's actually kind of a weird full circle thing. It's tough for men to embark on friendships because they're worried about coming on too strong. I feel like it's also tough for men to restart friendships because once the habits are there, once the scaffolding is there that puts you at arm's length, it's, it's hard to break it down and it's hard to, it's hard to have them have the momentum to break it down because you don't want to come on too strong. At least that's, that's my experience. I, I feel like if, if I, if I can make a quick, um, not segue tangent, if I can do a quick tangent, <laughs> go I just, for it. I, I want to reiterate what, what, people who are, who have listened to our episodes are, should hopefully know already. And that we're not, we're not experts by any means. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the stuff that we talk about is we saw some stuff that some experts wrote about or, 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 you know, we learned something from an expert and then we're just riffing on personal experience. Uh, But then I also want to highlight something that you said earlier about, um, you know, we, we have all this, we should have all this downtime because we're, we're at home. And you said you made a very, pointed uh effort to say i guess not not, not everybody is like that uh, yeah. so I, I i want to like acknowledge the fact that we're both speaking from this this weird place of privilege and the fact that yeah we've have we have been working at home I, mm-hmm. I i do wonder what it's like for people who have been serving staff at bars that have been opening and then closing then opening and the closing or people who work at grocery stores or postal workers or construction workers or any of those other uh, fields where they're deemed essential and they've been, they've been going into work and, you know, maybe their relationships are a little bit different because they've been seeing people that they would see every day still to a, to a degree every day. Um, so may, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with that. I just kind of want to acknowledge it, but it does, it does bring in, bring to mind an interest, an interesting potential, like socioeconomic class aspect that we might oh, absolutely. be grappling with for the next five to 10 years. I don't know. <laughs> From the people I know who 
you know, are essential workers and have been <laughs> working on and off, if not this whole time. Um, the impression I have is that overall it's still lonely. Uh, and maybe in part because the, the dominant narrative is that people are home and bored. And it's like, that is not everyone's reality. So you feel kind of cut out of that. Um, and still like underappreciated, um, and, you know, not having, access to your social life aspect of things, even if you're being, you know, you're having to go into work. But one thing that maybe is happening in some of those situations is uh, those weaker ties of social relationships um, that you and I were talking about from another article that we found, uh, an article in The Atlantic talking about how there's like whole categories of friendship that are gone now. And the main one that this article talks about is those sorts of, you know, it's not quite friendship, maybe depending on the type of person you are, you would define it friendship or not, but it's like coworkers or like people that you see every day, um, but you don't necessarily know, like someone who goes to the gym at the same time as you, um, and just sort of those chance encounters um, that a lot of people are not having that anymore. And like, what's the effect going to be on those people who are not having that? And is there any benefit um, that people who are still getting those experiences that they're getting from that? Yeah, that, 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 that's a good point. It, it is, it is really weird. You know, what, one of the things that has changed since we did our last episode is I actually started a new job, um, which is very yeah. exciting, but it feels super weird starting a new job right now. Um, because like the people that I've met, I can tell are awesome and I'm super duper looking forward to working with them, but it's lacking that like water cooler feeling or that ability to like walk over to somebody's desk to ask them a question or that just like running into them in the hall. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's strange to, to say that you're missing small talk. Cause I know the cool kid thing is to hate small talk, <laughs> but at the same time, like, these are um, basic elements of human interaction that provide so much structure and they make you feel seen. They make other people feel seen. It's, 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 it's actually kind of weird. Like you were talking about how like you could live in a hermit, you could live as a hermit in somewhere in the woods by yourself and be totally fine. And in my head, I was like, I could probably do that too, but it, I wouldn't necessarily be fine so much as that I wouldn't know that I wasn't fine. And it's like, I mean, that might be more accurate to me, <laughs> to my experience as well. It's like, I, I kind of imagine that, uh, some of these interactions of, of like the weaker ties and the acquaintances and, and that sort of thing, it's, it's almost like, um, if you imagine reading a comic book without the, without the inks and without the outlines, like mm. how weird would Superman look without that thick black border that defines, you know, where he's, where he stops and where the background begins. And I feel like for some of our interactions, um, these relationships with people who are acquaintances and might be just part of your daily routines. Like I, I actually really like the example of the person that you see at the gym every day because uh, they mm -hmm. just happen to be at the same time. Like that's part of your rhythm. And like yeah. when you're missing that, even something that seems so innocuous and so, you know, um, What's, what's another, I don't know why I need another synonym for innocuous. I do this all the time. I already said the word. I don't need an extra word to say the word. Uh, but when, when, <laughs> when, when, when you're missing something that's that, uh, basic, um, it, it can just, it can just kind of like throw you off your game. Yeah. I, the, 
one of the hardest things for me or like the thing that I missed the most when the pandemic first started was uh, the bar trivia that I host every Monday. And that was for a lot of reasons. But the biggest thing that kept hitting my, my head was I was going to miss all of the servers at the bar mm-hmm. who like I didn't have their numbers. I didn't know their last name. Like I had no way to contact them. And maybe that that was part of it. It was just like it was kind of like they were just gone. But like I like they were great. They're some of my favorite people. I loved seeing them every week. And like I would stop in the bar when I wasn't hosting just so I could maybe see them if they were on a shift. Um, like we formed great relationships over the years of me hosting there. And then they were just gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fortunately that, that bar has weathered the storm and they were able to like keep everyone on or like hire them back, uh, and stuff. And so I have seen some of them again. And that was like the best feeling ever when I got to see a few of them last fall. But yeah, it's sort of those, those weaker ties. Like I wouldn't really, I, I, I guess, cause again, I feel like they would think I am weird of like, if I called them my friend, um, but they were people that were in my life and an important part of my life. And then all of a sudden they were just gone. Yeah. And I, I I just want to, so we keep on saying weaker ties. The title of the article uh, is The Pandemic Has Erased Entire Categories of Friendship. And that's by Amanda Mull in The Atlantic. And the weaker ties thing that she brings up is is a, a coin, is a, a phrase that another uh, a sociologist coined at some point in the 70s. So we're not trying to say that these are weak ties. It's just the term that somebody applied to these types of relationships. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's really interesting to think about, you know, how, how we miss those sorts of things. Um, and, you know, again, like that's something that you don't get in your zoom calls. That's something you don't get. There's, there's no background noise. There are, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no crowd. There's no, um, you know, it's, it's actually funny. So, so way, way, way back in the day, I took a, a course that was like, I can't remember what it's called. It's, I'm going to, I'm just going to call it anthropology of religion. It wasn't called that, but it was, it was an anthropology course about religion. And there's this concept that got brought up in it called collective effervescence. And that's, Hmm. uh, base the, the, the way I remember being described is like when you are, because it was a religion course, when you're, when you're at a religious service of some sort and you feel moved to join in the group, so like, even if you're kind of agnostic and you go to like a Catholic mass and they start doing a hymn that just totally slaps and you start singing the hymn, even though you're not super <laughs> religious, that's an example of it. But then it got broadened out to like, you're not a sports fan, but you end up finding yourself at a football game and someone does a really beautiful play and the crowd goes wild. And then the ne- next thing you you realize is you are in the crowd and you are also going wild. Uh, it's these kind of collective experiences that have a habit of, of kind of pulling you into them. And, uh, these are the things that we're missing right now. So even these quote unquote weaker ties of, of people that you see at the bar of people that you see at the gym of people that you run into in the hallway, we're missing that greater sense of collectivity. I love that. That, I mean, that's a a great phrase, collective effervescence. I love the word effervescence, but that feeling, uh, at least as you illustrated it, like I, I have felt that so many times. Uh, and I think that is maybe one reason why I like really have had some trouble with, um, all of these virtual replacements, because for me, it was so often, I did not have an interest in whatever the main activity was or something like that. I just wanted to be with people. Um, and even not necessarily participating as like 
talking to everyone there, just sort of being there in, and being in the vibes with everyone else who was there. And now when it's like a, a virtual thing, it is much more about the thing and everyone takes their turn talking and like that sort of, you know, it's, it's very regimented. Um, and regimented. it's harder to just be like, yeah, That's maybe the that word. is. <laughs> That's the word that it's not, not transactional, not forced, not a chore regimented. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, like I'm so I'm notorious for like falling falling asleep at gatherings. Um, and <laughs> I, I think this should be received as a compliment, personally, because uh, it's like I it, it's that I'm just like comfortable being with my friends. It's like I am at this thing because I love and care about all of you and want to spend time with you, um, not because like i only came because i like this movie that we're watching or something but screw all of you like no i'm I'm there because i, I want to be with people and be with you people specifically mm-hmm. and that's a harder feeling to achieve virtually yeah also it's much more obvious if you fall asleep on a zoom call than in, <laughs> in the corner of a bedroom <laughs> the chat just starts lighting up and it's the it's the letter n over and over and over and over and over <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we should start wrapping this up, but I wanted to bring up one more thing, sort of on the note of kind of like checking our privilege. Um and this could be specific to me. I have a hunch that it's not, but you know, when we were talking about maybe doing this episode, I was trying to reflect and be like, are like have I been keeping in touch less well, and actually this is the point, is not on me, but people who have been reaching out to me and trying to keep in touch. Like what is the gender breakdown here? And there are definitely uh, some like men in my life who have been making an effort here and there, um, as you and I were talking about, we're trying to make efforts, Mm -hmm. but the ones who have done it either naturally or intentionally regularly are all like women and non-binary people. Um, and those are the people that are like maintaining these friendships. And as much as like, maybe I do want to be this isolated hermit or something as we were discussing like i know that it is good for me to continue being in touch with people and hanging out with them virtually or going for walks or whatever um and yet again at least for a lot of people i know it seems to be like the women or other marginalized genders who are doing the emotional labor here and the work of like men are in some cases benefiting from that without maybe doing as much of it uh, and so that's a thing that I need to reckon with and remember in my own life and maybe be a bit more proactive uh, in reaching out to people as well and not just waiting for people in my life to reach out to me because inevitably it's it's often like people who are already doing the other emotional labor and other aspects of their life. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point to highlight. Like, so, you know, dear listeners, I'm married. So I, I live with a person. I'm never entirely alone, uh, so long as I'm I'm here. And I'm one of those cheese balls who lucked out and married his best friend. So like, <laughs> I have one friendship that is really strong and will always be really strong. Um, but I think that um, it's become evident that basically, you know, my wife had to do the additional emotional labor long before this of letting me know that I suck at being a friend to my mm. other friends. Wow. Um, and like, honestly, that, that, that I feel like that's one of the best things about having a best friend is that a, 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 a good friend will be like a, a friend friend tends to be like supportive all the time. And a mm-hmm. good friend will call you out a little bit and a best friend yeah. will call you out when you need it, you know? And so, 
part of what I'm trying to do and what I should be trying a lot harder to do in maintaining friendships is, is being reminded by this person. And this actually came up in the, the, the first article that we were talking about that uh, men who were married or in long-term relationships for a lot of them, that was kind of like, that's the goal is, is you've, you found your partner and that's the only, the other, the only other person mm. that you need in your life. And my wife has reminded me that that's not a healthy way to, to go about things. Yeah. That, you know, you need other people and other people need you in, 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 in their lives in, in some way or another. Um, so I'm, I, I guess I'm, I'm sorry that she had to do yet another bit of emotional labor. Uh, but I think, I think that I'm, I'm not entirely sure where I'm, where I'm going with this, but, uh, it, it, it is something that is kind of on us as men to be aware of that and to, you know, at least try to meet people halfway so that folks who are already drained and are already maintaining friendships don't have to do the additional steps of reminding you that you have friendships that you need to, re- that you need to maintain. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. No, totally. Uh, yeah, because and it's it's not always on gender lines. It's different types of personalities yeah, yeah. and different things people are going through too. But I I I did just feel like it was maybe important to bring up, like you know, we we talked a lot about relationships of of men together, male male <laughs> friendships. Um, but you know, men can and should have relationships with people of other genders too. Um, right, and thinking right. about those dynamics. But uh, to end just on a little bit more of a lighthearted note, uh, this has reminded me of, and this is going to be total, not even humble bragging, but just like bragging here, but I was at uh, an event several years ago hosted by the Obama Foundation. And so the Obamas were there and Barack Obama was sitting in the audience watching things and Michelle was on stage um, being interviewed by someone. I forgot who was interviewing her, but they started talking about um, friendships and they got on a, a thing about how men suck at having friendships. Uh, I think maybe it started with like, you know, oh, you know, Michelle, how have, how have you handled all, all the pressures of being first lady and all the things that you have to do? And she was talking about like her girlfriends and, and how they're a great support for her. And then that kind of transitioned into like <laughs> literally calling out Barack in the audience and just being like, <laughs> you have one friend, like get it together. You need more friends. Like she was just <laughs> calling him out from the stage to the point the moderator was like, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> But it was hilarious. And it was just, it was, uh, I think it was also just funny to see him get called out on something that clearly a lot of men have, are not great at. Dude, they did a whole movie about it. Uh, I love you, man. Like, yo, yeah, it's, I never saw it. Oh, oh, it's fantastic. Um, but it, 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 I mean, it doesn't, you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't quite get into this concept the way that we are, but it's true that I feel like, I guess I can't say it's true with a blanket, you know, men are not a monolith. Um, but I do think that it is across, across some, some part of the board, uh, harder for men to maintain meaningful friendships because we just feel like we don't need them and we kind of forget to take care of ourselves in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, my, my, my homework is to, to keep at it and, you know, I recognize that I'm exhausted, but so is everyone else. And yeah, you know, whatever I like to think at least like a little bit goes a long way 
whatever shred mm. you can manage, whether that's re- replying to a text or actually having a phone call or, or even just like, I don't know, meme memes are funny. Um, when we were talking kind of in the, in the, in the pre-show, one of the things that you brought up was like how, how meme groups can become kind of toxic and like, you know, really, uh, really bro and really insul- insulated, which is true. But I also mm-hmm. think that meme groups and other affinity groups, like, you know, as a musician, like brands that do stuff about their gear or something like that, it gives you something that you can send to a friend. And even if it's just something that it takes you moving your thumb twice to do, it lets them know that you're thinking about them. And it, it, that, that, that can, you know, that won't, that won't fix your friendship. That won't necessarily strengthen it, but it will probably help keep it from falling apart. Yeah, I, I, I do a lot of that. I think you can always tell that like you have entered a certain circle of, of my friendship when you get late night, random links and memes to things. Um, I used to do a lot more of it actually. I, but I always feel kind of like, you know, when your grandma would cut things out of the newspaper and send them to you in the yeah. physical mail, I feel like this is the modern equivalent of doing oh, that, that's um, which to me is like analogy. a huge sign of, yeah, like a like sign of deep love. It's like I, I am thinking about you, and I think that you would like this, and I want you to see it. Mm-hmm. Well, dudes, send the memes, have the phone calls. Don't stretch yourself too thin. It's okay, but you know, you need you need people. It's okay to need people. Yeah, even the most introverted or or ones who want to just go live in the woods as a hermit uh, need people too. And we got to remember that. And it's part of taking care of ourselves. For the record, I think you'd make a great hermit. Thank you. I think so too. Like, I I think you'd be one of those hermits that like never fully loses his humanity, just enjoys the solitude. And then like when a horror movie happens next door and you find yourself having to like take in a bloody teenager or something like that, you'll be the guy who who fends off the, the, the killer. Wow, that is such a high compliment. Thank you. Yeah, you know, with like a shovel or something like that. Oh my god, the, the shoveler. Old, the well, yes, the shoveler from Mystery Men. But also, I'm thinking of the old dude from Home Alone. Hmm. Mm. That, that, that's yeah. a, that's that's a good non toxic hermit. At least by the end of the movie, because he is self isolating. Yeah. But when 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 he like you know when he comes to Kevin's aid, spoiler again, and eventually reconnects <laughs> with his son, like I feel like that's a good that's a good thing to aim for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was thinking of like Luke from Gilmore Girls because I just oh, finished dude. rewatching all that. Yeah, Luke from Gilmore Girls is a king. Like I like, know, like hands down. Like yeah, could he be a Goals. little bit more sensitive here and there? Could he be a little bit more? Uh, Keep I don't mistakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's he learns from them. He picks yes. up his baseball cap, dusts it off, puts it back on side uh, on backwards, and then like you know makes pancakes with a wrench. <sighs> all right i uh i i think we like ended on really inspirational notes here and there mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. always took it back to that completely weird place uh, which i do. love Let, let's go full weird now and move on to just, just the, the tip, tip. 
So just the tip for anyone listening for the first time is our opportunity, because we haven't been talking for an hour already, it is our opportunity uh, to air anything that we've been feeling this week, get something off of our chest, uh, but we don't want to go too wild with it, get too carried away. We each get just one minute uh, to just like brush the surface. Is that a phrase? I'm, I'm trying to skim the surface, skim the surface and get just the tip of a point. We're not going to dive in like full episode hour length, but just one minute of uh, something that you want to bring to the table. So are you ready? I am ready. Go. All right. So what I'm going to talk about very briefly is the fact that I can not wait for it to get warm again. Do you hear me out there? I cannot <laughs> wait. Whoever controls the weather, because I, I sometimes believe government conspiracies like that, just just mm-hmm. just just flip the switch. Um, and it makes me feel bad because I should enjoy you know winter and the fact that I live in a place that actually experiences seasons and that sort of stuff. But usually by the time it's mid February, which is when we're recording this, I'm just like flat out done. The days are too short. I can't go outside. I can't even run. I don't want to exercise at all. All I want to do is sit in my little room, drink and eat stuff that is bad for me. And I just, you know, this sounds grumpy and ranty, but I want to flip the flip, reverse the polarity real quick and just say that I'm really hopeful for spring. Um, during year one of the pandemic, one of the things that really uh, helped me get through was that shift Time is up. When we got into spring and summer and everything was warm, and even though it was still really bad, we could go outside at least. There, there you go. So, summed it up real good at the end there. I, I was like watching the timer go down, and you were at like five seconds when you were like, but to flip it to a positive side, I'm like, no, no positivity <laughs> allowed in just the tip. Uh, it is. Positivity is always allowed. You can express whatever emotion you want during your one minute, which you, you uh, went for the breadth of emotions there. Oh, because, you know, I, I've realized um, during this time that I'm one of those people that sometimes doesn't, they don't feel one thing, they feel everything at once. And so <laughs> sometimes you just kind of have to have to grab things as they flip by. Yeah. It's like my, my emotions are like a school of fish. <laughs> wow. And then nothing? Sometimes actually, yeah. Oh, that's another mm. episode. We'll, <laughs> we'll yeah. get into ennui another day, folks. Uh, <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Tell me when. Your time begins now. Um, yeah, I, I'm decided I'm going to go super meta. Um, I have been trying to think all day of what I want to fill this one minute with and I got nothing. Um, just like I, at the top of the show, I didn't know what to say about what I have done since October. And when people ask me what I've been up to, I don't know what to say. I will sometimes mention some work that I've been doing. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I think because most of what I am doing in my life is work. And then maybe I'll watch a TV episode at the end of the night. And like, that's kind of my life right now. And I'm mostly fine with that. Um, but yeah, I, maybe this is my version of like hitting a wall in the pandemic is just like not really knowing uh, not really having anything that I'm very excited about, I guess, is maybe part of it. And it's not quite to the point of bugging me, except when I am prompted to discuss something. And I guess maybe it's what we were saying about um, being more free to say that. Oh, no. Oh, my God. How do I make it stop? How do I make it stop? <laughs> 
it really does sound like a like a sped up version of a tape rewinding or something. What? Supposedly it's R2D2. Oh, yeah, it's a very tinny version of R2D2. Yeah, it's coming out of my phone speaker. Don't sue us, Disney. Disney. Well, I don't know. The mouse is always watching. I was going to say that they're definitely not listening, but they probably are. Uh, all I was getting to at the end there was just, uh, you know, the idea of like similar to how it's kind of okay to say that you're not okay right now. Uh, like, why do we have to ask how people are doing? I guess but something like that. Like, I just, I'm fine, but I don't want to like have to come up with something for people. Yeah, I, 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 and, I get that. Like I like there's not anything exciting happening in my life and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. We don't we don't have to be coming up with like content to entertain our friends and other relationships with necessarily. Um yeah. it's just it it's enough to be there. It's enough to it's enough to be trucking along. Um I think is is something that that we can we could stand to work on and internalize. Uh we don't always have to have big news or, or something, you know, terrible happened that we can commiserate about. Sometimes it's, 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 it's enough to just be there. Oh man. I'm just realizing this is kind of going back to our, our main segment. So I won't get into this too long, but, um, like I, again, the regimented thing of virtual hangouts and textual interactions, the like, how are you? What have you been up to is like much more present. Like that happens at, you know, parties and other gatherings too, but there's so many more people there and it's a bit more fluid. Like it would be very common for me to go to a gathering with more than just two people where I never really mentioned anything that I've been up to because like my turn didn't come because there weren't turns. There was just natural conversation happening. Mm -hmm. Whereas now we have very much like we're on the zoom call and we go one by one and you talk about what you're doing. It's like, yeah, my job is producing content. I don't want to produce content for this conversation about my life. I mean, honestly, to, to to be real with you, that's why I use that meta that that analogy. Is <laughs> like you 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 are a content producer. You don't have to have that pressure in your daily interactions too. Yeah, let me just sit and listen to how you're all doing. I want to hear <laughs> about your life. Tell me more about what you're up to. That would be great. Zach will be pioneering the new lurker mode in Zoom. <laughs> and Google meets and give me lurker mode on every social media platform. I was thinking about this with clubhouse earlier today. I was like, I mean, I don't find that many discussions that I really want to join on clubhouse. Anyways, there's, they're really trying to, they got to break through the bro culture happening there. Uh, but when I do, I'm like scared to join because people can see your avatar and that you're in the room. And I don't want people to know that I'm in the room. And also what if they call on me to talk? I don't want to talk on one of those calls. I just want to <laughs> listen. Like the fact that there's all these think pieces about social media going into this audio only format. First of all, where's the accessibility in that? And second, I don't like people hearing me say things. I understand I'm saying this on a podcast right now, but like <laughs> apart from that, oh I don't in a, in a non-content producing way. I don't like people overhearing what I have to say. And so I would not join an audio conversation based kind of social media platform. I didn't this was, was apparently my real, just the tip. Yeah. Jeez. We got, we got, we got, we got a double dose of tip there. Um, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, this is apparently this is what we've been talking about is we think that we have no emotions or nothing to say or don't want to talk to people. And then we've eventually got to crack down under the surface to find it, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Deep, deep through that half a mile of ice where they found those ancient sea critters. I'm sorry. a very niche headline to reference. It's a yeah, cool discovery that I'm was made recently. Send, I'm going to need you to send me that headline. <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes too. Yes, please do. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, it, it all kind of comes full circle. You know, men, in a lot of ways, we have work to do in how we maintain our friendships. But society, because men are not a monolith and, and neither is anybody else, society um, we could stand to re-examine what we think a friendship and a relationship constitutes. It doesn't have yeah. to be this ex- this exchange of of news. Maybe it's just enough to sit next to somebody when we can, and maybe it's just enough to send something that means that we're thinking about somebody since we can't. And I don't know. If, trying to think of something poignant to end on but it's not really coming no, that's, to me but that's, that's okay yeah i was gonna say also that was fairly poignant um more more than i would get i definitely took on the role of uh grumpy old man in this in this episode uh, i'd like so to say you, old man with a point you calling my head pointy yes yes i'm i'm oh, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm mocking your appearance <laughs> as you do you I, you're always mocking people's appearances bo mendez that not, is who you are not unless they're ted cruz <laughs> well had to end on that note um <laughs> folks at home try to guess what day we're recording this podcast unfortunately i bet you can't because i doubt what we saw today is the last of it yeah i hate i hate ted cruz every day <laughs> i mean yeah of course uh well on that note i suppose we should go um thank you all so much for listening to this very long podcast our last episode was very long too i'm gonna use the excuse this time that we haven't uh talked in podcast form or as friends for quite a while mm-hmm. um and so so it gets to be this long and hopefully people uh, enjoyed listening and are still listening here at the end. If you are, thanks for sticking around. If you want to send us any of your thoughts, uh, you can send us a message at bigger pod on Twitter or Instagram, or you can email us at everything's bigger 69 at gmail.com. Uh, or you could leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts. That's a way to give us some feedback, but also to help us out and help more people find the podcast by sort of raising its profile in the rankings. Uh, or if you're like, I just want to talk to one of you specifically, Bo, how can they do that? Uh, you can find me uh, at the handle L underscore Enmascarabo. Uh, that's Enmascarabo with a B, not a D, as in proper Spanish. Or you can find Jack at Jack is not a bird. Bo, do you have any final thoughts? Or did we just decide that neither of us are capable of final thoughts tonight? <laughs> well, I, th- I think the final thought is that we, sh- we, uh, we don't necessarily always have to come up with something. We don't necessarily always have to uh, have to produce something in that sense. And uh, maybe our relationships would be stronger um, when we have an opportunity, you know, in terms of global scenarios, but also in terms of uh, what we allow ourselves, uh, what we give ourselves slack for. Uh, to not necessarily have to have to produce something and to just let things be. Uh, but ma- but mainly thank you for for as always taking the time to to do this with me um, and also for for doing so much of the of the back end of, of finding a nifty new tool to to do things through uh, online and in, in the isolated conditions in which we are living. Uh, 
Uh, so yeah, thank you. Yeah, hopefully this, this turns out well. Thank you for taking the time too. Thanks for having this conversation with me. It's always good and self-enlightening, if that's a phrase. Yeah.